0: So as part of our pitch, we were like, we could launch it in Miami, like it'll, you know, we're going to be there anyways, we'll unveil it. And they were just like, yeah, this is, you know, this is too perfect, so let's do it. And then we were like, holy shit, we got to build this bike now before we get to Miami.
1: (laughs) Today's show is brought to you in partnership with International Justice Mission. Thank you to Philip Calvert and his team for the incredible work they do to bring awareness to the global problem of modern day slavery. I'm proud to share with my audience that I formalized my relationship with IGMs for becoming one of their Canadian ambassadors. Why? Because I believe we can end slavery in our lifetime and I wanna use my platform to be part of that mission. For many of you, hearing that statement may be a rallying cry. For rest, it may be a moment of, wait, what, slavery? Is that even a thing? For me, up to 12 to 18 months ago, it was the second. I did not even understand the problem or that it existed at the scale that it does. Currently, there are over 40 million people affected by modern day slavery. 40 million people after a chance meeting with philip calvert national director of development for igm canada my eyes were open to the reality that poor people face the world over a reality of violence that stops them from ever moving forward in their life at first this made me uncomfortable then it made me downright mad but then it gave me hope it is support of groups like igm that will allow us to reach the goal of any slavery in our lifetime and give hope to people who may have none i know this can be an uncomfortable conversation and that is okay that's why we're going to go on this journey together Stay tuned as we host guests from IGM who will help educate us as well as upcoming events where we can meet the amazing people that make the work they do a reality. Please join me in supporting this incredible organization by visiting and donating to their cause at www.igm.ca. We will only succeed in ending slavery in our lifetime if we work together to make a difference. I'm super excited to have both of you on this morning. I've got Andrew Lester and I've got Andy Caruso, co founder at Lyric Cycles. How are you guys doing this morning? Mm-hmm.
0: Great. How, How are you? How are you? you? Kevin?
1: I am good. I know one of you is in Calgary. I think one of you is in Vancouver. It's not quite bike riding weather here right now, but you probably could, but we're going to get into the multi uses and kind of what Lyric Cycles is all about and all the different ways and scenarios that you could potentially use a device like this. So I love not wasting any time. Let's jump right into the good old pitch elevator. What is Lyric Cycles? What do you guys do? What are you all about? I'll let you fight over who wants to take the microphone first and let's just let everybody in and uh, we'll unpack it from there.
0: Go ahead, Andy. Uh, Andrew, me? That was a test, too, too, by the way, just
1: so you know. Andy, lay lay it out for us. You you guys are nailing it (laughs) already. Lyric Cycles, what's Uh, it all about?
0: So Lyric Cycles is a Canadian-made electric bike company, electric vehicle company. We kind of span both electric bikes, mopeds, um, electric motorcycles, and we really focus on being high performance. Um, Mm. And we want to fill the space where you know really where we're getting people out of cars and making you know sustainable transportation actually fun
1: okay you 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 hit a lot of my buzzwords we don't know each other but high performance fun <laughs> there you go. and i do i do love the pivot around being cautious with, Oh, it's an e-bike company. That's not, I heard that's not what it is actually. That's probably an easy place for people to put you into a bucket, but I heard you very quickly. Like, no, no, don't put it. Don't put us in that box. Uh, Has that been a bit of a wrestling act on the journey of like, what, what are we for to even say that clearly?
2: It's, it's tough Uh, because I think um, like people want to be able to, to define you, to be able to understand it for themselves. And as, as soon as we've, we had the possibility of, of adding, kind of lightweight uh, electric motors into all sorts of form factors, um, it, it really opens the possibility to what you can build, right? So if I can build something that's, you know, 65, 70 pounds, that that will, you know, travel 65, 70 miles an hour, what is that, right? Does it matter what it is? It matters what it is to you and what it can do for your life and what it can do for your lifestyle. But does somebody have to tell you it's a motorcycle or an electric bicycle or, or whatever it is, right? Technically, that's actually a limited speed motorcycle, just to... To put it in a box.
1: Yeah, to, right? to, Well, and I, I'm from a regulatory, from a, you know, laws and, you know, uh, getting certifications of being able to put these on the street or on the sidewalk or on the dirt path. There, there is a criteria where you do have to fit into some type of categorization because that is a little bit how mm-hmm. our world, how we try to organize this mass amount of variables that we have out there. So for, it's interesting. We've been the agency of record for Honda for years. And, and I really appreciate like one of their biggest core competencies is their engines. And then they're like, well, how do we mobilize the world? Like from mopeds to cars to like, you know, and it, but it really always comes back to, we're really good at this thing, but what if our purpose was to like, give, you know, people mobility and then how they've applied that out. And we all know who that, that brand is. I just heard a little bit of that kind of come through and just a little bit about what you said of like, well, we've got this motor, we've got this ability to electrify that technology is improving all the time, which we'll talk about, which is accessibility, cost, reliability, all the things what's possible. That's actually almost hard for a startup because you've got too many possibilities. What's that? How's that journey been for you guys, even narrowing in? Of the we could do it all, but we better start with something. No, <laughs> You're both laughing, so I think we're right every on day.
0: it. <laughs> yeah, no, I think that is one of the biggest challenges because both Andrew and I are like very much like idea people and like yeah. we have that dreamer side to us. And it's like, oh, we could do this, we could do this, we could do this. And then it's like, okay. We need to just focus on a couple things here, so that we can, you know, do a couple things really well, as opposed to like trying to do everything okay, yes, you know. 100%. But it is it it is a constant battle because there's so much opportunity in the space right now. And even you know, yesterday we were we were discussing like the service side of the business and like all the opportunities that we could capture there. But at the end of the day, it's like we kind of got to. We've just introduced two. 2, 2.5 models, we'll call it, because we have the graffiti, the voodoo, and then our special edition voodoo, which is the ghost. And so at this point, we really do need to focus on, like, nailing that and getting those delivered, iterating and making those the best they can be, and then... Then it's kind of like, okay, what other opportunities do we want to then tackle?
1: Yes, build the roadmap and then have discipline to follow it, which is tricky.
0: <laughs> yeah. How long have you guys been around?
1: What's the origin story here? How many? How many years? Couple of years? Five years? What's the What's the background?
2: Yeah. So we we started kind of late. Uh, late twenty twenty is is okay, when well, the company well, uh, kind of got going. Right. So so it's been. It's been around for a bit now, but, but a whole bunch of that time, uh, was spent sort of in research and development and designing the first models that were ready. It's, it's why we were able to kind of put out, um, like, like Andy said, two and a half models, like, you know, within a short time span of each other, because we, we had a bunch of design in the tank already. Um, and so... Yeah, you would call it a COVID project, but it uh, it really did. Sort <laughs> what of... do you have to
1: show for COVID? Well, we have these two and a half models. so I think we did okay. I think we, I think we, did. we didn't learn a new language, but we um, maybe kind of did. There's a shorthand to building something like this. Yeah, yeah. You probably you probably you probably did. And curious, uh, just from a founder story perspective, have you guys worked together before, like you know a little bit. is You know, I love a good I love a good origin story. I'm a marketer. How did you guys come together? Was yeah. this some back of a napkin and too many glasses of wine? Or like <laughs> there's always that version of the origin story. And the next thing you know, we owned a company. Uh, how did you guys kind of come together on this and, and align? And um, you know, we, and without getting into huge, I'm sure, strengths and weaknesses in terms of how you each balance out the company. But how did you guys even just come together and decide? Yeah, let's do this thing.
0: So we actually both worked at Shaw previously, um, and we had a common uh, coworker and. Post-Shaw, that's where Andrew and I really started working together. So I was doing marketing consulting for the company that he was at, and we were working together daily and worked really well together. Oh, and then cool. that that ended. And then months later, I get a, a text from Andrew like, I need your help with something. And I... Little did you know what you were responding yesterday. to. <laughs> yeah, I was like... Uh, I'm like, oh, okay. And I thought, yeah, he wants me to do like a marketing contract for him. And then he was like, actually, I need a co founder. And, you know, I was like, e bikes, hey, this. Wasn't in the plan, but you know, dug into it, did all my research, and I'm like, okay, this sounds pretty cool. I'm in, so that's awesome.
1: I I appreciate you guys had worked together from the past. You had a bit of a shorthand on who each other was, and because so many, you know, I've had a lot of conversations with founders and partnerships that went wrong, and like those stories, and how important that is, and how it all looks real shiny out of the gate, right? And not having had that chance to have worked together prior, that often is the highest risk move of any new venture is who you're choosing to to go to the party with,
2: yeah. And Mm that there's there's a couple like really important things in there, right? It's um, finding finding a co-founder that you jive with and, and are going to work together with, finding someone that's got the, the work ethic and drive and, you know, that that matches your own as, as, as a founder of a company. I mean, you've got to be ready for long hours. And Tyler, the most important thing is really finding someone that doesn't want to get paid for a really long period of time. <laughs>
1: You know and what? Those, a those, yeah. are, those are some to make or break items. You like? I, I, I can see uh. him. I get, you, this is. I, I have video. The audience does it, but I can see it building towards something. I'm like, oh, he's got something brewing here. He's going to unfold on us. <laughs> not, oh, I, oh, I, I would boy. like to play poker with you anytime, Andrew. I saw that coming about three sentences back. <laughs> I know. <laughs> I, I do appreciate the blood, sweat, and tears of doing this. Um, mm-hmm. if we could talk about that for an hour. I do want to touch on. You said Canadian made. Like, like. Mm-hmm. I see the streets flooded with e-bikes or new versions of, of e-everything that are coming from all over the world. And then now I'm starting to see the cycle of it. You talked about service, people getting breakdowns and can't get parts and who's going to service it and regular bike shops won't touch it. And I love the big influx of like, hey, we can buy something lower cost from overseas. We can market up a little bit and make some money because there's demand for these things. But I'm very appeal appealed to and curious around this Canadian made because there's a lot of barriers in that, just cost and accessibility. So talk to us a little bit about that journey of when you made the decision of like, no, 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 we're going to get these made in a way that we can have oversight and control. And then obviously thinking about the longer term you're not just turning out a bunch of bikes and selling them and hope you don't get a don't put the don't put a phone call because someone's going to call you when it breaks and you don't know how to answer
2: you're you're definitely reminding us that how difficult it is so <laughs> yes <Yeah. laughs> but but it's it's important to us and and it's important to to have that that story in our journey and yeah it's not It's not easy. Um, Luckily, we have some emergent partners uh, in actually in the Canadian space, like folks like Accelerated Systems, Inc., uh, who have been around for a while. They're in electronic motor controllers um you know folk folks like uh, armstrong fabrication um that that we've worked with to do a lot of our prototyping who's uh, excellent and and has been around like the electrical vehicle space for a while mm. um but but it takes it takes time to find these folks and it's but it's an important effort path uh for us in our brand story and 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 it it's it's a feel good story too, right? Um, but it mm-hmm. is it's tough because you are up against um, you are up against like somewhat lower manufacturing cost solutions. Right. But when you take into account uh, tariffs and duties and how some of mm-hmm. these uh, vehicles are treated, it it comes out close, uh, okay. yeah. and okay. it's close enough. It's close enough for the for the extra brand difference to do it, right?
0: Well, and also Oops, it's, like, improves. sorry, time to, it, like, you cut out a lot of the, the complications, too. Like, right now, the supply chain, like, the global supply chain is a complete disaster. So if we can also mitigate some of that risk by not, by being able to do stuff at home, like, that actually, you know, shortens the manufacturing time a lot, and I would... I would say probably keeps Andrew's hair from turning gray a little bit less. Um, It's yeah, because I know, and I mean, he's he's been dealing with all of all of that in our first batch of bikes, like dealing with all of the overseas providers, and you know, even just the time changes is difficult, you know, in that communication, and yeah. So I mean, we're hoping that we can mitigate a lot of that and. I think a perfect example is like when we did our voodoo prototypes, like we did them just outside of Calgary and basically like the design, you know, took, took a bit, but once we actually started working on it, it was basically like four weeks to complete the, to build the whole bike. And yeah. So, I mean, there's huge benefit there.
2: Yeah. And the, the space that we're in is an innovation space, right? So, so the ability to rapidly prototype like that, is, is important, not just now, but like continuing on because it's, it's really actually the only way that, uh, that we'll be able to, to stay differentiated and stay kind of ahead of the innovation curve that's in this space because it's, it, it's changing so quickly. Right. And the so capabilities change from a, change a, so from a core
1: competency, rapid prototyping, being a real differentiator. Like we just said, like we can we can stay ahead of yeah. the curve of what's coming because we can turn out a new product relatively quickly and test it and see what the market. So talking totally. Uh, Andy, spinning into your bucket for a second here around marketing and kind of forward facing and, and the customer. Mm-hmm. We all, you know, locally built. We love it because there's a sense of of pride. But, you know, if I'm listening to you talk and I hear about all the extra costs for tariffs and shipping and it's at customs, and those are things that add Mm -hmm. zero value to me as a consumer. Like I don't get any better product because you had to spend 30% of my end cost on getting it through a bunch of gates. Versus, mm-hmm. well, what if we took that same money and put it into the quality of the products, or the R&D, or the things we're doing here that actually give you a better product? But right there, mm-hmm. that's a long story to tell as a marketer that not everybody gets. But is that a factor for you guys when you talk about like lo- locally produced? That people go, "Oh yeah, I'm getting that upside because they're not having to jump through those hoops, and you know the money's going to what matters to me."
0: <laughs> well, at the end of the day, all the customer hears is "made in Canada," and that's enough for them to be like oh, wow, I want to support, like, A, I want a product that's made in Canada, because they associate that with being higher quality. Um, And then, of course, there is the side like supporting local as well. Um, But as far as they're concerned, excuse me, as far as they're concerned, like, they don't need to think about that back end. Our prices didn't change. So to them, it's no different. But the fact that they're getting, you know, higher quality made in Canada products. For us, of course, like in talking to investors, or, you know, when you're talking to someone about the business side of things, they're like, oh, but isn't that expensive? And then when you explain, actually, no, it's Um, one model is basically like break even, it's the same whether, where, you know, wherever you make it. And the other one was a 3% increase in cost. Hmm. So it's, you know, to be able to have that marketing and brand story and be able to have, you know, mitigate the risk. There's, there's just so many benefits to it. So for us, it's definitely worthwhile. And as we scale, you know, then our margins become better. Anyways, so there's mm-hmm. still that opportunity. Doing this you touched on the even. big the
1: big word of the day or maybe word of forever, the investors. You know, I've had lots mm-hmm. of companies on and the companies I've often chatted with that build physical things have a lot harder time telling that conversation. Like, ooh, that's expensive. That's risky. That's capital intensive. Can't we offshore that? Can't you, someone just come in and undercut you with a cheaper product? You know, when we want the 100X gains that we can find in maybe a SaaS product. How's that been for you guys telling that story? And has that been your reality talking to investors and maybe just talk about how much of this was bootstrapped versus friends and family versus you know kind of where you guys are in your in your in your funding journey for this this project.
2: Yeah, so we we bootstrapped the company um, entirely all the way up to the uh, basically the first prototype launch. Uh, and and almost right up to the development of the second prototype of the second model um so so it was a a fairly long time period to Mm -hmm. to take a product company and bootstrap it to a certain point uh but we wanted to we wanted to get some early traction before we started talking to investors um i've just found in the past that it 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 just helps. There's a there's a product fit validation that comes with early revenue that allows you to show. Um, you know, it, it's different. It's different when you're showing a prototype and saying, "Hey, this is really going to sell," versus saying, "Hey, this is really selling," right? And mm-hmm. and it, so. But but it's risky too. <clears throat> it's it's been risky to uh bootstrap it to that point because there's there is so much more you can do with the right funding, um <clears throat> and uh, you know if you look at the timing now and hindsight being 2020, right? Um, <laughs> literally, it, it, it's 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 tough to yeah. <laughs> <It's> <laughs> Sorry, I'm like <laughs> literally. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It's it's tough to say now if if uh, if we would have done it differently, right? I I I like the the timeline of it for investment purpose, but at the same time, um, you know, you, you look at what's happened to the investment landscape in the in the last like six months or so. Yeah. Um, it it's changed a lot, and I think that that has like changed our stories we we get a lot of very positive meetings i mean it's a product that you know as you can tell it it doesn't require a lot of um investor education to talk about because it's, that's a it's,
1: huge leg up it's like look you know but there is a positioning conversation like oh is this just a bike well what do you mean by you know like i love and you know andy you started off really clearly of like no no no, this is high performance you had some really key differentiators right away so maybe mm-hmm. the risk is that they put it into a bucket that actually isn't accurate as an investor like, Oh, i know what this is well wait let me give you a little bit more information investors love to jump to the end as well. (laughs) As <laughs> we all know,
0: mm-hmm.
2: yeah, and, and and luckily to have some working prototypes. I mean, it has been interesting. We have we have had a. Couple you ride it that, into
1: the boardroom, like do you literally ride it down the hallway, like for sure? We, like this is got this is maybe we should this is pitch stunt maybe worthy we, for me. I'm a marketer, so I love a good. I love some good flash. <laughs> <laughs>
2: so, so we have had a couple investors. Uh, interesting to, to come out and ride the prototypes, and uh, I mean, even one it was it was kind of scary. He's like, Nah, I got this. No helmet on, and just he did like, not got this. <laughs> f- no, it did. Completely, like you, you could tell yeah. he was, a, you could tell he was a dirt oh, Okay, good. guy. I, I thought so, the story
1: was going to go somewhere.
2: No, <laughs> stuck, stuck one leg out into the middle, and just like complete like three sixty burnout, and took off, and it's like okay. Nice. I don't not,
1: know. I, I like his or her style already. <laughs> we might not get this investor because they
2: might they might injure themselves. <laughs> yeah,
1: well, as long as they know they were the ones running the throttle, that's okay. It's, it's self accountability. But
2: uh, it's 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 challenging for sure. It's uh it's it's definitely um, it's not. It's not the the if you look at kind of the investment landscape in Western Canada, right? And it's like we're, we are moving from like energy investments, totally. and but where is it flipping? It's sort of moving in towards like as you say, like SaaS, you know, seven x ten x valuation type uh, products, right? And and you know the the investor education around like what building an electric vehicle company in Canada, right? Is yeah, it's 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 a it's a riskier play for sure, right? How um,
1: specific is that investor pool? Like, you know, you could talk to 10 people, but if the three that are in the room are already interested, educated, or invested in this space, like, are you getting qualified conversations? Or at this point, is it still... And it, we'll talk... Maybe, maybe, let's just let's back up for a second ahead of that question. Where are you in your... Are you guys still seed round angel? Like, there's a lot of terms that can really be fluid in terms of how they quantify where you are in your journey. But would you guys say you're at a series A Or like where, where, where would you put yourself in that, in that journey?
0: A seed round.
1: Seed round. Okay. You're at a seed round. So you're kind of talking to a broad group, but there's still a very like, you know, that's the thing about Alberta. It's part of why I even did follow the money. You know, how do we start slicing up all these different groups and where there's maybe like we've got more people comfortable investing down the road, but you know, I've certainly heard on the show time and time again, that that seed round, those first couple checks, those are the biggest gaps. That if we don't fill those in Alberta, we're not going to get this accelerated. Like you're not going to get Series B's if you don't have 100 seed rounds or two or even more. Like the, you know, we need a thousand startups. So, what's that journey been like? Has it been friends and family, or are you getting uh, investors in the room that are like, no, no, no? I really know this space, and I'm looking for opportunities in it. Or is there a balance there?
0: It's been a bit of both. Okay. So, um, the funding we've gotten to date has been yeah, friends and family, but we've also had a number of conversations with angel investors as well and like andrew mentioned like i don't think we we haven't had any any bad meetings where people have been disinterested like people are genuinely like wow this is a really cool product and you guys have done really amazing things um i think the challenge is really just the timing right now um Mm. people are really holding tightly to their wallets and you know, the, even like a couple people have said, yeah, I just got hit really hard with the stock market. And so, you know, love the idea. So I think that's been our biggest challenge or potentially, um, I don't know, maybe it's just, may, I I guess I'm, I'm relatively new to, to raising money. Andrew has, has more experience in this space. It does seem like, you know, when we get on a, on a call with people, um, the meetings always go well. Mm-hmm. Um, potentially, work. Yeah, I don't know. But, but, <laughs> Andrew, no, no. no I think that there. you can't have
1: a <laughs> conversation. You know, well, you can't. You can't listen to any media. There isn't a big R word and you know soft land recession in twenty twenty three and all those things. And everyone I'm mm-hmm. talking to is yeah, valuations kind of went crazy. Sometimes you know, a lot of people I'm talking to, are like yeah, they came back down to maybe a realm of reality. Like overvaluations and those types of things can cause a lot of future problems as well. So that course correction. Mm-hmm. But I have heard that the money's a little tighter than it was. I tw- let's just pick a year ago versus versus now. So Andrew, in your journey of kind of the raising money and being in that space, kind of what are, what are you seeing, you know, that's maybe a headwind, but also any, like what's favorable from your guys' perspective, perspective, specifically, sorry, small, small speech impediment.
2: So, so it's, this is a, this is a tougher uh, type of, of startup to fund, I think in mm-hmm. Western Canada, for sure. Uh, what I would, I how I would characterize a lot of the meetings is, I, I don't think that this type of company is, is. Any of the investors' wheelhouse that we have talked to so far. So, okay. And, okay. and we're mainly talking to angels, uh, you know, to to get it funded, right? Um, but I think because of the cool factor, there's a lot of people that are trying to say, hey, I, I might want to try to like sneak this mm-hmm. into my portfolio. I just like it's just like I want to be around it, right? <laughs> but I don't think that it's. Like, even if you take something like clean tech, right, um, you know, there's a lot of different divisions of that and portfolios within that that people are trying to invest in. Right. And so um, I don't I wouldn't say that we have the um, electric uh, vehicle investor group necessarily here in Western Canada. And so. What we have going for us, I mean, it's a, it's a double-edged sword. I think we're we're in this world where COVID has fo- forced us into more digital tools. There is more ways for us to reach out now to a number of different investor networks because yeah. of digital tools. But at the same time, that's a double-edged sword in uh, are they getting completely cold blasted by emails from too many founders the across the yes. nation. The short right? answer is yes. Everyone's yeah.
1: out there blasting. I just the amount of emails we all get in our inbox is unsolicited daily. If you've got money and people want it, you're definitely
2: getting getting stalked. If you want to look at it that way. <laughs> and and so it's yeah. I think it's tougher. I think the 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 default is still like digital meetings, right? Um, and so it's it's more challenging than when you're actually uh, in a space to sit down and 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 have a discussion with people. even some of the angel networks that that I've previously pitched to uh, in the past those were physical meetings as a cocktail hour after it's a, but a lot of those now are kind of online forums, right You get your fifteen minutes and it's click off and you know. speed,
1: yeah literally speed dating that one.
2: yeah yeah
0: <laughs> well that's literally we were talking about this last night and it's sort of like the tinder effect like yeah there's you know there's all these now there's way more you know fish in the sea or whatever yes. you have access to this large pool but it's also really easy to just swipe left and be like yeah I'm waiting for the next best thing to come along you know yes
1: i have any of my friends that are currently in the dating world like it feels like it's <laughs> not making it better and the, like most of them are like oh it's just slow everyone's got something better everyone's got a couple other options on they go it, yeah it doesn't sound super yeah. healthy <laughs> from that perspective yeah. The conversations that you're having with investors when you get in the room and you get some interest, what are some of the things that come up? Like, is it manufacturing? Is it you know total addressable market? Is it the competition? Is it where this is headed? What are you guys seeing coming up in terms of brass tax when you get past like, yeah, yeah, okay, I'm interested, and boom, here are my top three questions, or the maybe the questions you hear the most when somebody is starting to pre-qualify themselves as a potential investor when they start to lean in? What are you guys seeing show up? What are the what are the questions that that, that you're hearing?
2: Yeah, I think it is understanding both the kind of supply chain and manufacturing plan, right? It there is a yeah. there is a, a thought as to like what percentage of that is going to be done here, who else is going to be involved in it, um, and and just to really kind of deeply understand that that plan, right? Uh, and then the kind of the after servicing model after that too. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then I think. And I would to, say
0: again, from manufacturing, like how, how we scale from a manufacturing standpoint, cause making, you know, 300 bikes is different from making 3000 is different from making 10,000. So that's such, it's such an of, easy
1: question or something, something I know what I would ask. What happens if you are successful? What happens if you meet your wildest dreams? What happens then? Like, does it create a bomb? Does it create a manufacturing, you know, night, nightmare of dissatisfied, you did all the work to get the sale and now I can't get my bike. <laughs> And I'm annoyed because I want it because this, this is a passion purchase. You know, someone who's a motorcycle mm-hmm. and kind of gear enthusiast, once I know I'm buying this, uh, it's the sooner the better. How about tomorrow? <laughs> Can you get this to me? I'm picturing my own yeah. childlike Christmas morning style feeling of, of deciding to purchase one of these things and wanting to get it. Uh, when you think about this, that makes tons of sense, of course. How do you going to manufacture? What, is it, what, what, is the, what does that look like? And what about the market? What about you know the competition? What about you know again? You narrow in who your actual ideal customer pro- profile is. What's the size of that market for you guys? Like what what does that look like in terms of some of the uh, I'm serving planning you've done, as well as kind of your back and napkins of where you think the industry is kind of headed.
0: So the market is huge. Um, they, it's it's tough to quantify our full market because we do span both e-bikes and electric motorcycles. Mm. Most of the research to date is on the e-bike market, but globally um the number is 9 billion, I believe. Um and it's growing uh 3 billion in North America and it's growing at like 12% um cum- cumulative annual growth rate, so it is projected to be at I believe 9 billion in North America no. by 2029. 92. Um What's that?
2: Ninety-two billion.
0: Ninety-two globally. Yeah,
2: yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah,
0: yeah, yeah. Um, oh,
1: I see the partnership at work. Okay, good. Keep going.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I don't have the deck in front of me right now, <laughs> um, but yeah, I mean, the, the market itself, I would say, is it's quite fragmented. So on the e-bike side of things, there's for sure a few big players. Mm-hmm. Um, but no one's really like taken the market and people are really differentiating now, you know, like the, like rad would be one of the bigger, biggest players, but their bikes are completely different from ours and the right. customer is completely different. So they're more, you know, a traditional bicycle that's now electric. Um, they do have a lot more They're on a, in a lower price point. Um, Whereas like, we're kind of going for like that badass motorcycle looking e-bike. Yeah, on the. You definitely are. You're, na- you're nailing the badass
1: looking. <laughs> there's no question. Yes. But is that also from a positioning standpoint, are you guys also, def- is that because there's this new category emerging, there's there's motorcycles then there's electric motorcycles, mm-hmm. which feels like it's been struggling. There's like startups and I, people, some motorcycle guy people say, oh, did you see this new e-bike? But no really grabbed, like I think has, has landed that. And then you've got, oh, this is a bicycle that now has a electric motor on it. But then there's, there's this space, which I certainly looking at it, you know, I don't, I don't even mm-hmm. wouldn't know what to call it, but it feels like it's it's certainly category redefining or, you know, if you can't be number one mm-hmm. in the category, create a new category, the dream for kind of for every marketer, depending on how willing your customer is to believe you <laughs> when you create that mm-hmm. new space. That's an interesting, but kind of tricky proposition, I would imagine. Mm-hmm. Sorry, my marketing hat's going on there. Very quickly.
0: <laughs> yeah. Well, and I think like the, for us on the marketing side, so there definitely is there's the e-bike enthusiasts and, you know, you go on YouTube and you watch, we've, we've now got a number of reviews up there and there's a few key reviewers and you can get to see like the type of person that is like, they care about the power, the speed, like, <clears throat> you know, the so that community. is the core group yeah. where there's a a higher, there's higher competition there, but we're kind of trying to think about it a bit differently in that, you know, what are the other segments we can go after? And, you know, there's a gentleman in L.A. who um, reached out to us and he has seven kids, lives in L.A., doesn't have a car. He does everything with electric bikes. So, you know, he's getting his kids to school on electric. He's got his little sidecar. So it's like, you know, trying to think outside the box. Like, That's OK,
1: interesting. Yeah, yeah, that
0: yeah. is, you know, an ideal Customer for us, or you know, when we think about Mm. various use cases, so there's a lot in the last mile delivery space, where whether that's packages, you know, delivering like businesses delivering, you know, their products, which now everyone's doing home delivery, um, food service delivery, and then you know, Andrew lives in Squamish, and there were there were people here, um, like the people who work at the at Whistler, wanting. Could you attach, um, you know, something to hold my skis or snowboard so clearly, I clearly I want my snowboard on the CIA yeah, yeah, sure. <laughs> you know, get to work and avoid the traffic. So there's all these different use cases, and that's where we're really trying to think differently about it and really like. What is the specific purpose for this specific person, and how do we create that ideal bike for them? This feels like
1: a this feels like a a, a company trip to Southeast Asia to sit on the side of the street in Ho Chi Minh City and just watch all the uses of scooters (laughs) and 125cc motorcycles, dump truck, uh, you know, uh, livestock transportation, family vehicle, like you know, family of seven on. This immediately, as you were talking, if you think about the way we in North America Mm -hmm. default to vehicles and what that means car, truck, SUV, van, but when you travel around the world, all of a sudden, two-wheeled vehicles Fill huge spaces in the the population from family vehicle to literally um, yeah bulk transportation. Yeah, I, saw, then, I, saw, yeah, I saw a guy absolutely. moving a big piece of plate glass once, sticking out each side. I wasn't sure how that was going to work out, but I've seen it's, <laughs> it's, it. just immediately came to mind of all the diverse use cases that is North Americans makes us kind of like, oh, what's going on there? But that's just also it's mm-hmm. just the way of life there. It's not the, no,
2: nobody looks twice. The, at yeah. it, right? the the gap between between bicycle and motorcycle in North America has always been like quite large. In terms of its like performance difference, totally. right? My my ability to ride my my mountain bike uh, to the grocery store to get groceries is very very limited, right? I, well, I'm sure there's a lot of listeners who would say like that they they can do that no problem, but <laughs> for the for your average human being, uh, yes, this, yes. You know, yes. And, and then to jump to a motorcycle, right? To to jump to your Harley's or your sport bikes or or whatever they are, your mm-hmm. thousand cc like very very capable, but you know 500 600 pound device totally. it, it's been a, it's been a large gap right and i don't know how many of us have have ever been to you know a place yeah like Minh, or even like going into like italy and and saying hey when i get home i'm gonna get a vespa right that's what that's what's gonna it looks co- so cool these things are amazing and get home we're gonna things buy one happen of those. On vacation
1: yes <laughs> <doing that. laughs>
2: and then you get back to north american roads and you're like I don't know if I want that Vespa no. yeah, that's, now. That's a good. That's a really good example, right? But but now when you can create this bicycle that I can go, you know, uh, uh, much much faster on, and and is and I can haul like a bunch of groceries on yeah, the my, back, ha- my my
1: load my my, use- my usable load capacity is very different. Even out of like you but, talk about a 500 pound motorcycle going to the grocery store on that is not convenient either. It's just yeah. not. It just doesn't work. It's too big.
2: Mm-hmm. <laughs> but if I can now fit that device quite easily on an elevator, and I can fit it on my balcony in my in my condo right yeah. and and i don't have to have a vehicle in a in a very dense urban location it starts to work quite a bit and if you look at the like where we're selling these these things to like we're really popular in new york right and so people are kind of buying us up there right like people are buying us up in la um mm-hmm. so you take the it's like where is traffic terrible where 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 is there a lot of high rises? Like, where do people need a different way to get around, right? And where do they want to get away from the high cost of car ownership? Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah.
1: Well, in New York, there's, only, and, there's you know, owning your car the- and then there's parking your car. <laughs> it's almost cost more per yeah. month to, to, to park it than it does to make payments on it for anyone I know who's lived there. It's ridiculous. Anyways, yes. Good point. Sorry, go ahead Andy. I cut you off.
0: Oh, I was just going to say, so I was just down in LA and kind of did like a little test run with the graffiti. And so I was staying in Marina del Rey and I was like, okay, I'm going to take this out to, I had a meeting in West LA and then I was like, why stop here? Let's go to Beverly Hills. So rode the bike to Beverly Hills, which is like pretty far. That's a good track. Yeah. yeah, No, I've lived down
1: there. I know exactly. I can picture that drive.
0: (laughs) And then back to Santa Monica and then back to Marina del Rey. And the bike was like, still had 50% capacity by the time I was done. And it was fast. And it was so fun. Like I was, you know, there's bike lanes everywhere there. And I'm zipping by all the cars who are stuck in rush hour traffic. And I'm like, no road rage, just, you know, living my best life. And I think once people realize (laughs) the possibility of that, like, that this can actually be used for commuting. And like, there's no need to sit in your car for hours. I, I think it, it changes. No, you don't a get lot that life. People. You
1: don't get that life back. Hey, let's let, let's touch on it. We've been talking about the business and the market and, there's people going, when are you going to talk about the actual, the, the unit itself? Okay, let's talk about range. Because I, I when I think about getting an EV, I immediately have range anxiety. Like that's in an automobile specifically or a replacement for. But I got my neighbor who goes everywhere, travels across the country in his Tesla and goes, Tyler, you're it's made up. Don't worry about it. But when you talk about that, like that 50%, how long can I go on one of these things? I know there's some variables depending how I ride it. If I'm going to ride it yeah. out all the time, which is how I would ride it, what would be my yeah. my, my range? <laughs>
0: So I'm less of a speed demon. Okay. I'll okay. All right. That's fair. That. That's so fair. I get optimal range. Nice. Um, but the graffiti does have a, uh, an option for dual batteries. And basically like 90% of our sales are a dual battery versus the single. Okay. Um, but basically each battery you're getting 35 to 40 miles. Um
2: Thirty to forty miles. And so, okay, cool. And
0: yeah. If, if, if Sorry, got, I should be talking in kilometers. That's okay. Now. But, no, no, That's all right. But,
2: you? but if you've got the hammer down, right, uh, and, yeah. and you're going as fast Less as you can possibly sure. go on on the graffiti, then then yeah, you're. You're, you're probably going to get about 50 kilometers, right? Okay, but I was going to say about still,
1: 50, 50k, which is still a pretty it, good distance functionally. It, it, if, if you're thinking about inside your radius of kind of the where you live, like we're not using it to go skiing in Banff kind of mindset.
2: <laughs> yeah, and, and the folks that are the folks that are using these most, right, are don't have uh, if it's 50 kilometers, right? So you're 25 kilometers to work and back, right? Most people are not riding that length. Right. Cause that in Calgary, right. That'll take you, you know, all the way from kind of deep fish Creek into, into downtown. Right. Um, and that's a, that's a great option to get, to get downtown from there. Right. Uh, mm-hmm. and you've, and there's, you've a got-
1: pass, there's a bike pass and you can take these on the bike pass. No, no, no issue. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You don't. Yeah. yeah. Can you also ride on the road? Like, like a bicycle, like I can ride on the road with my bike or I can go on the bike path and it's frowned upon when I cut through the, on the sidewalk. But those two areas, does this also transcend both those kind of geographies of, of the road or the bike path?
2: It it does, yeah. So we've got yeah. we've got a we have a switch on the handlebar that that does keep this within within legal limits of its speed. So when it is applied, everybody knows that this this goes 32 kilometers an hour and it, it holds to legal standard of, of what operates as a as a as a bicycle and considered to be an e bike here in Canada. And okay,
1: is, that, is that is that the e bike speed limit? Is 32? 32 oh, okay, kilometers an hour. Okay, cool.
2: Yep. Um, Which is
1: still clipping along. I do like speed, but you you're not. Like, 32 is like you're moving. You're getting somewhere quick for sure. Okay,
2: cool. Yeah, we we don't condone this, but I mean, if you were to <laughs> switch that off, you've got more power. You've got more speed, right? Uh, and Which I and- do
1: appreciate that option because sometimes a little extra power... On the road can get you out of a situation and allow you to kind of mm-hmm. like, oh, I need to get, I need to get away from this car situation here. This is this is dangerous. And don't be it. a don't be a douchebag on the path going fifty. But anyways, I'm just gonna say, I'm gonna say that you guys don't have to say that. I'll say that nobody likes those yeah. that guy or gal. It's Usually, often guys. Let's be blunt. That go zipping mm-hmm. by. You're like, dude, come on. I I know I'm getting older. Yeah. When someone speeds by my house, I'm like, come on, man. It's a residential neighborhood. Why are you driving like that? I'm like, oh no. When did I
2: become that person?
1: <laughs> I used to be the guy in the car doing the thing. <laughs>
2: so and then and Anyways, then voodoo another topic, is different. Another topic. <laughs> the voodoo is different because it's a it's a limited speed motorcycle right so it it's maximum speed is is meant to be 70 kilometers an hour so it is a moped mm-hmm. right and then the range so can on i not that, take
1: that on the bike path
2: you you cannot take that on a bike path
0: okay
1: because
2: uh okay okay that
1: so i'm looking at the graffiti. i'm on your on your website
0: well Um, it's a gray oh
1: oh oh, now let's get into a debate so (laughs) lyriccycles.com if you're listening to this and you got your phone in your hand which you probably do pull it up go i'm looking at the the graffiti on one side i've got the ghost with tyson beckford which we'll talk about that from an influencer perspective in the middle and the voodoo on one side so technically this is an electric motorcycle where this is an e-bike am i oversimplifying here or no
2: you you are because it actually it okay, really de, it really depends on on where you're asking that question from and mm, okay. and so you get you know all the all the Canadian provinces and the fifty U S states where we're selling this right now the, the answer to that question is going to be different in every okay. single one of them. And the that doesn't sound complicated at all. I wasn't
0: lying. No, no, I, I, you, I got it.
2: Don't try and pin
1: her down. She's, no, no, no. no. Okay, I, I do appreciate the, how tricky that is right now because this is still like a, an industry, and in, it, it's in it's defining itself right now, right? And legislators. Are trying to keep up, and they don't have a clue what 's going on it's what 's happening here <laughs>
2: and, and that is that is the challenge right and okay. so and so there's a lot of uh, there's a lot of optionality with with some of our bikes like like the voodoo as an example can be sold with uh, either pedals or pegs um, and so ah, then it okay, kind of cool. depends on where where you're <clears throat> where you 're riding that and what state you 're in and and it does require a an educated consumer too uh, to know that 's like okay i 'm buying this. In BC, as an example, this is how it's going to get treated in BC versus if I'm buying this in Georgia.
1: Okay, gray area. And again, I see something with pedals, I immediately think e-bike. If I see something with pegs, I'm immediately going to think motorcycle. Like I think that's an interesting, and I'm looking at the photo, and it does have pedals on it in this photo. So I, I, I see where that's a really clear point. And would that be, I can order it either way, or is that going to be also based on where you're ordering it from?
2: You can order it either way. Okay. Uh, in 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 in, in and, the voodoo, like,
1: but the graffiti is an e-bike. It's got pedals. That's how it comes.
2: Yeah, because as well, like because of range anxiety for something like the voodoo, uh, mm-hmm. and like you take the ghost, which is a dual sport bike. People do still want the option of being able to ride that uh, into the backcountry, and if they had to, if they ran out they have the ability to pedal it still. So, you know, we've talked to hunters and things who yep. are like, oh, that, that would be actually really interesting, but it has to have pedals on because I'm so scared I need scared a backup about... plan
1: because yeah. what, what can go wrong will go wrong when you're in the bush.
2: <laughs> yeah, and so yeah. and so that's the idea of being able to sell it like that.
1: Okay, I appreciate that. Yes, thank you for playing into the gray area because I do appreciate as this industry is evolving, there's a lot of unknowns, but the need is there and there's clearly a passion from the And- you talked about your different markets. What are you seeing as is it the commuter? Is it that LA New York dweller that's like, ah, oh, finally like a solution that fills my my need? Is that kind of who's your who's your leading customer group right now? Is is that is that it?
0: Yeah, I think on like when we're talking more, you know, uh consumers, it's yeah, we have the e bike enthusiasts who will commute still, but are also just like, This is their life and you know, they like live for this kind of stuff. totally. And then there are, you know, more of like the, what we call, I have all my marketing, marketing avatars. So the conscious commuter, so they care more about sustainability. They're willing to pay a bit more to, you know, align themselves with like Mm -hmm. companies who have those values and then, and yeah, like bigger city looking to commute. So those are kind of like our key, um, the key consumer segments we're going after now. But then when we look at more of like the bulk sales opportunities, then that's where what I was talking about earlier, you know, whether that's like delivery, um, excuse me, delivery, there's like potential opportunities with hospitality. So, you know, like if hotels want to offer bikes for their guests to Mm -hmm. ride or whether it's like, um, you know, bike rental companies they you know obviously need to purchase their bikes from somewhere um so different things like that where there's a whole gamut of use cases on the b2b side and that's something that we're just kind of starting to dig into and from a product design standpoint we'll really be customizing the bike and the accessories to fit each of those use cases
1: Oh, I yeah. love
2: that from that. it's it's definitely emerging, but there's a there's a universal addictiveness to the the power of uh, an electric motor applied to a bicycle yes there is <laughs> there's, there's there's a there's a quiet um almost like it, it's just this sneaky power that you're 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 flying along quietly and speed you with no
1: sound is all because like take my buddy's tesla out and he has an original roadster he bought it like one of the first guys to buy one. I, first time i took it for a ride with him i was like this is like so fast and all I have is the wind. Like it just didn't compute for someone who's grown up around, you know, internal combustion engines and a bit of a gearhead people that criticize it or knock it. It's just because they haven't tried it yet. It is a very unique, it's fun. Like, and you said that mm-hmm. i cruised around and I've really enjoyed my experience versus, you know, the suckers in the car, are like you know, there's a great, there's an ad right there, building in terms of what that looks like. Do you want to be this, or would you like to be over here? I think we and, all know. What and, yeah, serious,
2: right? and we've we've met. I would say that we've met uh, a lot of the characters who have been like caught by that bug. So you know, we've 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 arrived at at some of these people's houses and opened up their garage to see just like wall to wall e bikes, their collection, and their. And they're they're shining them up just just like a you know a Harley on a summer day like right? and it, <laughs> it and it's and it's it, they're so proud of this collection right it's like. The, the cars out there in the rain under the under the sappy tree right and and there's their e-bikes all like taken up their entire garage right
1: well the early adopters the enthusiasts you know but from a business perspective as an investor i'm very much interested in like what's the what's the mass market look like and when does that start you know coming online and like what you talked about about thinking about the b2b because it's easy to think about this as a, just a, a consumer play but you're like well mm-hmm. what about uh, hotels bike rentals you know tourism companies in places like san francisco or where you know a bike yeah. like this to get around san fran if you're touring versus walking up and down hills all day that you know it'll definitely would test your battery capacity but that would be amazing mm-hmm. to be able to do that i did a Segway tour in the rain in munich once i would have much more enjoyed and watched my wife almost completely crash because segues are not as they're a little more finicky than you might think or maybe you do yeah <laughs> um, something like this would have been like oh i'm already comfortable on two wheels so let's 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 go do that yeah my immediate um are you guys doing direct to consumer right now? Like obviously I can go on the website and shop and ask me, are you in Canada? Do you want yeah. to shop in Canadian dollars? Like it was a very easy and kind of open experience is the model right now. And what does kind of channel strategy look like in terms of like dealer network and those types of things?
0: Yeah. So right now we are just direct to consumer, but we we've started the conversations with dealers now. So we were just uh, doing a bit of a road show. So we had a couple trade shows uh, in Miami and Austin and just decided, you know, the bikes are down here anyways, let's just connect to the cities and hit up different reviewers, hit up some dealers. And so we have started those conversations and, and the feedback on the dealer side has been really positive so far. So that's definitely, you know, the next sort of thing that we're going to start testing out the next year. Like Andrew and I will talk about is really about like figuring out what works. So we do want to kind of like try it all. So dealers is obviously like a natural <clears throat> progression, but we're likely going to really target the approach. So California is a huge market for us and tons of dealers down there. So potentially like we were, it's a fluid process right now. And but, is it literally you know, like picking,
1: it's a bike dealer, oh, it's, a, it's a bicycle shop and it's a motorcycle shop. Like you have a lot of options for like who could be mm-hmm. your dealer, correct? Right. Based on it.
0: yeah, yeah, Exactly. <clears throat>
1: you touched um, on service earlier. I would assume that Going and and building out a dealer network where you can sell it is also a way to kind of short circuit or maybe jump ahead in the service model, right? Because you're not Mm -hmm. probably taking the Tesla approach or uh, was it Saturn back in the day where you're setting up your own unique, beautiful kind of cafe? I could just imagine what the experience of walking into a Lyric Cycles dealership would be if it was standalone, but that's a very different business model, right? (laughs) Mm
0: Mm-hmm.
2: Yeah, and that's that's exactly it. Is that we we are going to need that that network of of dealer partners to be able to provide service, um, and and so like Andy said, it is it is something that we're going into over the next year, <clears throat> and and that kind of dovetails into like the investment strategy what we've done, where you know this seed round is meant to take us for the next eighteen months to say okay how how did we go with all of our different plans and channel strategies what's working what's not working what do we now need to it 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 then takes it to a point of saying okay now what can money accelerate right so it's and that's when you kind of get into that that the vc realm of things right where it's like Okay. Now, now we have, we have all of these challenges and all of those challenges can now be solved with money.
1: Yeah. Cause we've, right. we've proved out which ones are worth solving, right? Or which ones yeah. are going to have the biggest, the biggest, the biggest
2: impact. Yeah.
1: Is that a challenge? Like, and Andrew, you and I have a mutual friend, I think is how we met where she had bought an e-bike and all of a sudden had a maintenance issue. And this is an individual that's like, I have money, just take my money, fix my bike. And no one would fix her bike. And she was incredibly frustrated about that and it reminds me of back, like being a motorcycle guy, like back before my time when like every company, there was so many motorcycles, like there's a handful that have kind of lasted, but there was a period of time where there was brand names as long as your arm of different motorcycle companies. And every once in a while you see them floating around or that someone will be selling an old jawa or some random bike that just doesn't exist anymore the biggest problem is you can't fix it because no one will service it and you can't get parts anywhere is that a little bit maybe what's happening in the e-bike world because it's kind of came on so fast and there's been so much you know being kind of overseas product flooding into north american markets with no backup
2: Well, Tyler, I don't know, because I heard you fixed that bike.
1: I did fix it. I did. Yeah. I just, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I rigged it up and uh yeah, some, some electric, so I think it was some medical tape and a piece of cardboard and I got it working for her. So yes, I. growing up at a farm has this, has this privileges, but I also learned that everything's going to break. So you learn really quickly how to fix it. So yes, thank you. Yes. But but, I, but, but the problem all. now is she's not actually fixing it because she thinks it's good. <laughs> like it will fail again. It will for sure. There was a temporary, it was a get you home fix that I did. Not a, we can ride for another season fix. <laughs>
2: you, you know, she's <laughs> listening to this. Yeah, so, uh, I know,
1: I know but, she will. I, I know for sure. I'm gonna see her tonight, so I'm gonna bring it up.
2: <laughs> but it all in all honesty, yeah. I mean it, it it is a it's a challenge but an opportunity for okay. somebody mm-hmm. if they want to kind of jump on this. I mean there's there's companies like uh, VeloFix out there who will come to your house. They will build the guys your, with the
1: van, right? They come with the big yeah. sprinter van. Yeah,
2: mm-hmm. they'll they'll build your they'll build your e bike for you if it's out of the box if it's a direct consumer product. They'll build it for you. They'll fix a flat tire. They'll fix your brakes. But when it comes to the electrical systems, a lot of these companies are sort of saying like, hands off, I'm not doing it, right? right? um the so there's there's definitely a, a a learning curve that needs to be there um and you know right now uh that there's 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 not enough i would say service providers out there that are popping up but they are slowly popping up right uh so if you're in any of the major cities we we can point you towards a you know a company that would be able to help you fix your bike Mm -hmm. if you are um if you're kind of in the middle of nowhere. Right. Um, nice. it, it, it's, you're, you're, it's more you're, used to, you're
1: used to that challenge in general, if you live in rural or kind of, you know, middle, in middle quote unquote. Yeah.
2: yeah. And so it's, it's actually, it's up to each of the manufacturers, uh, for us to be able to kind of break down the product into different SKUs. Right. So that I yeah, can yeah. like, I can send you out a whole new wiring harness if you were to need it. Right. Um, and it, yeah,
1: I haven't seen one of these bikes in real life and I don't want to project my own thoughts on it, which I will, and you can correct me if I'm wrong, but it looks like it was built in a way that, you know, it has what it's need, what it needs to function, but not anything more. It doesn't look gimmicky. It doesn't look overbuilt. And I look at something that's overbuilt and I immediately go, that's all stuff that's going to break. I don't want any of those things. (laughs) I want it to be simple and reliable. Mm -hmm. Looking at the photos... It, it looks like it has what it needs, but nothing more. And I don't want to project that if that's not the way you, that you guys built it, but it has a simple simplicity to it. That's very appealing stylistically for me. And also as a, mm-hmm. as a gearhead, more things means more maintenance means more breaking things. <laughs> this looks really looks pretty rugged. looks like you can handle it. <laughs>
2: Yeah, and that's that was exactly kind of the design approach, and and it and it is one of the marketing angles as well as is is the low maintenance aspect of yeah, it, yeah. right? Like, um, like taking something like taking the chain off and putting a belt drive on there, so that you never have to oil it and lubricate it and all of that, right?
1: It's, and it's cleaner, cleaner and quieter, both. Yeah,
2: yeah, it doesn't rub mm-hmm. grease on your pants. It doesn't like put it on the car if you're putting it in the back of the car, right? It, it it's we did try to take the approach of that, right? Which was um, how do you service these? How do you break it down into SKUs so that if, if something was to go wrong, we just send out that one part, which can be like almost clicked in like Lego, right? Nice. Um, but it, but it's, it's, it's having to think about the servicing model as you are designing it to get a product to that way.
1: There's a joke my grandfather Mm -hmm. used to curse because my grandfather loved working on things, but he he goes, if I ever found the guy that built this, I would just, you know, the things I would do to that guy. So often you, (laughs) you, you encounter a piece of machinery or a mechanical device that like was never built with fixing it in mind. We put it all together in a perfect world in a clean shop and everything's awesome but now that this piece is broken i have to take the whole bike apart to get to this one piece like are you kidding me like who didn't think that through for anyone who's worked on right. worked on stuff that shows up really quick when something's easy to work on it's easy to fix and it's easy to get back to using it for what you intended which isn't a garage project it's not actually go for a ride yeah yeah exactly yeah, yeah. okay I, I could talk to you guys all day i'm so excited about this uh, you know I'm, I'm gearing for a test ride somewhere we're gonna work that into the call uh, somehow but tyson Beck looking like a complete dude sitting on this motorcycle on call and so yes. you're down in, you're down in, in la and you're in, tell how do you guys how does a company a little company from squamish <laughs> in calgary get tyson beckford sitting on one of their products right on the home page of their website <laughs> let's be because you you got people drooling yeah. over that type of influencer um, lift <laughs>
0: mm-hmm. well yeah i mean it was wild i one day just there's this email that pops into our inbox and it's like uh tyson beckford bike collaboration and i was like what (laughs) who's spamming me what is is going on is this clickbait (laughs) and no legit and i i so i'm like googling his manager and i'm like i don't know if this is real but i think it is and so then yeah sure enough it was So we, uh, yeah, we started the conversations, um, with his manager, then talked to Tyson and like the vibe was just really good. They wanted to work with an electric bike company and just kind of to extend his brand for us. We were like, this is incredible. Like gold, it's gold for sure. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, no, it was, so it's been really awesome. And, and, you know, they've been amazing to work with, um, Tyson definitely like he's a bike enthusiast. So both BMX and motorbikes, like he's a huge Ducati person. And so it was a really good fit for us. And, and he's been really great to, to work with and like helping design the bike and, and, you know obviously he looks like a smoke show on the bike oh, he's such a so dude he, really he looks like and
1: it's good to hear more. that he kind of also is a dude yeah because he looks like one but is he <laughs> actually a cool guy or is, is so it he is, sounds like yeah, he's all the he's things which, cool. which is which which, which is great <clears throat> when it all kind of comes together right <laughs> yeah. yeah he yeah.
2: he he gets it right like he that's cool he got, that's great he got man. on the bike immediately and uh i mean i couldn't even finish like kind of telling him about it before he had just hit the throttle full <laughs> and just zipping down the road like he's a he's immediately there. Like he just, he just gets it. So, I mean, I'm the short story of it is like, h- how do you get someone like that involved? I guess like have they an, were, att-
1: have an awesome product. <laughs> it's a good it, step.
2: <laughs> they were attracted to the, to the design. Right, they said they were mm-hmm. out there looking for uh, a company in the space that, that was kind of designing towards like his aesthetics and, and that's what brought them to our door is what they said. So Well, and
0: they were initially interested in the graffiti and we hadn't released the voodoo yet. And so we had already planned to be in Miami, which is where he lives for the Electrify Expo. And so this is back end of July, start of August. And... Um, oh, so yeah. as part of our pitch, we were like, we could launch it in Miami. Like it'll, you oh, know, yeah. we're going to be there anyways. We'll unveil it. And they were just like, yeah, this is, you know, this is too perfect. So let's do it. And then we were like, holy shit, we got to build this bike now before we get to Miami. <laughs> and Collins
1: Avenue. I said, like you no, Collins Avenue is in the South Beach, right? <clears throat> Yeah. That's right. Yeah. 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 So
0: it. we were filming like along ocean drive. <clears throat> um, if you watch, there's a, a video we have on, on YouTube and like, you can see, like we filmed right on ocean drive. And again, he was game for that. Like we did things the startup way. So uh, yeah, yeah nice. I got as, you, as I, you want, I will. And, I yeah, will. He was Absolutely. totally fine.
1: <laughs> I love it. Oh, and from a sheer, like, opportunity investment, was it worth it? Like, is it worth it? Did you immediately see an influx of new traffic of new interest from his follower base? Like, cause that influencer marketing strategy can work really well, or sometimes Mm -hmm. it can subpar deliver. I would guess that his followers would be very keen to learn more about your product.
0: Yeah, no, it's definitely been like from a reach standpoint, it's been like incredible. We, uh, the first post we did um I remember being on a meeting and my phone was just like beep, 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 beep. I was like, Okay, time to turn the notifications off on Instagram. That's <laughs> that's a, that's a success like,
1: problem when you have to turn that off. Yeah, that's great. Yeah, that's I was like,
0: Okay, awesome. <laughs> Uh, <laughs> so
1: good chatting with you guys I'm really excited about this product I love the story I love the kind of thoughts you're putting into it even just from a design aesthetic I, I look forward to giving it a try I'm gonna definitely put that mm-hmm. out there on the list uh, lyriccycles.com uh, any other places we can send people like again we're all really good at finding stuff online but you guys have a great website it's really clear it's very consumer centric it, it, it definitely gets me excited about the product so well done on that, on that. Nice. anywhere else you'd want to send anybody like obviously you guys got is it Instagram, YouTube like what's your what's yeah. your best social what's your best performing like what's your what's the social that you guys really love because it, it works and connects you with your customers?
0: We use Instagram primarily. Okay. Um, though YouTube is on my list, um there's a lot that I know we can do on YouTube, but we just, you know, there's only 24 hours in a day. So I, I, we'll get there. For sure. But yeah. Lyric cycles. Yeah. Definitely Instagram.
1: <laughs> I'm searching you guys right now on Instagram. Gonna it's get just in Lyric
0: my... Cycles on Instagram. Lyric. So what's it? What's, anything about mind. the
1: name? Just because while I'm stalling, I was punching it into my phone. <laughs> lyric Cycles. Where'd the name come from?
2: So, so yeah, I mean, I'd, like uh, definitely passionate about music, definitely uh, passionate about wanting to create a brand that kind of sticks in your head. And, and so that's kind of where, where Lyric came from, right? Is, uh, mm, nice. so, yeah. And so, oh, yeah, your Instagram,
1: so, is, your Instagram is sweet. Yeah. yeah okay. Hey, all right. So get out there, everybody pick up your phone. It's in your hand. Anyways, uh, Lyric Cycles, check it out. No, I'm, uh, I got you guys dialed in now. It's awesome. Yeah, uh, then
2: the, nice. the names of the bikes are sort of like a, a little bit of a touch into to '70s rock, and it kind of goes. They got with, a rock
1: and roll vibe, man, for sure. Yeah, these are definitely rock and roll. I love and, it. And awesome.
2: and it and that was kind of the design uh, aesthetic of the of the company too. Is basically like vintage meets meets modern technology, right? Uh, and so you know, you take Voodoo Voodoo Child, right? It's like totally. yeah, graffiti, physical graffiti, Led Zeppelin album, right? So, yeah.
0: So. I'm gonna sneak a, a Taylor Swift song in there one of these days. That's a whole different market set. Yeah. That's a whole
1: different market set. It's a it, that's that's a following. That's a nation unto uh, itself, right there. Yeah. Absolutely.
0: Yeah.
1: Just don't piss them off with ticket sales. Uh, yeah, yeah. Now getting, uh, you know Seriously. what? Nobody wants that. That's <laughs> so now you're what, being investigated, being pulled in front of Congress like that. That escalated quickly. Anyway, side down sidebar. <laughs> Amazing yeah. talking to you guys, Andrew, Andy. Thanks so much for your time. Thanks for the work you do. I love it. I love talking to the startup community and the passion, and but the hard work and the reality of like, <laughs> are you willing to work for a couple of years with no pay for something you really love? This is the place for you. Like, I love you made that joke initially, Andrew. <laughs> There's a lot of reality like that, and we love to glamorize the startup journey, but it is a lot of hard work and a lot of grit. And if it's you don't, bo- if you don't believe in it, it'll spit you out the back door before you even know what's going on. So right, I love your passion; yeah. it came through loud and clear. So thank you both for coming on today. It was a great chat. Thank you. Thank yeah, you very thank much you for having, having us. us. Yeah.